Hello, hello. Welcome back to Really Recovering. I'm Molly, and this is my podcast where I talk about really recovering from my eating disorder. Happy Boy Genius release day! Oh my gosh, I'm recording this before the record is out, but I am so excited for it. I love Boy Genius, and I'm assuming most people who are listening do as well, because she's she's kind of for the, the sad gays, and that's a lot of eating disorder sufferers, so... Um, and if you haven't listened to Boy Genius, I can guarantee you've at least listened to me and my dog because those lyrics are very fitting when you have an eating disorder. But the rest of their discography is good too, like so good, and I'm so excited for this new album. Boy Genius tangent aside, I have been wanting to talk about missing your eating disorder and like the concept of grieving your eating disorder for a while and just not went through with it. Just because I feel like I can't grasp exactly what it is I want to say. Because I do think that grieving your eating disorder is, like, a normal thing. But I also don't want to give the message that, like, it's normal so you should give in to your urges. Because missing your eating disorder and going back to your eating disorder are two very separate things. So I'm going to try to be as candid as possible and also try to walk that line. But I guess just a disclaimer before I even get into the content, I'm in no way, shape, or form trying to, like, encourage you to go back to your eating disorder or encourage any, like, non-recovery-based decisions. That's very much not what this podcast is about, and I really don't want any of my episodes to come off like that or come off as, like, anti-recovery. And then another just, like, content warning, obviously I'm going to be talking about things to do with an eating disorder. This one, like I said, it kind of I'm trying to walk the line of, like, not encouraging going back to your eating disorder or, like, using missing your eating disorder as an excuse to relapse. But obviously, like, I do want to acknowledge that recovery is hard. So if at any time, like, you just feel like what I'm saying is not really clicking the right way and it's kind of making you tempted to give in to urges, then please don't listen. Like, don't continue to listen because that's, again not the goal that I want for this podcast whatsoever. I do have other episodes that you can check out. Just gotta, like, self-plug real quick. And if none of those vibe with you either, then, like, go outside, touch grass, read a book. I don't know. But, yeah. So, missing your eating disorder. Super, super big topic. And also an incredibly normal topic that I don't think really gets talked about a lot especially like online I think a lot of people tend to paint recovery as very like black and white like you're either like loving recovery like having the best time of your life or you're relapsing and that's that's not true at all I think recovery is a very gray experience you know I think that's kind of the whole point that makes no sense (laughs) what I'm trying to say is when you're in your eating disorder your relationship with food and body is very black and white this food is good this food is bad my body is good when it looks like this, my body is bad when it looks like this. And that's kind of a reflection of, like, the way you think about your own self-worth. Again, very black and white. I'm either good or bad. I'm either worthy or unworthy. And recovery is about learning to, you know, like, accept your body for how it is and practice body neutrality and, like, understand that all foods are good foods. And it's also about, like, learning to accept that you can have flaws and you don't have to be perfect and you can still be worthy and so I think part of recovery that isn't really shown on TikTok is like 
learning that like your eating disorder can like serve a purpose and it can make you feel better and you can recognize that it's unhealthy and it's not something that you can go back to whatsoever and again that's like a super like nuanced take so I completely understand why people on the internet don't necessarily show that because it can completely be taken in the wrong way I think I want to try to explain like why you might miss your eating disorder in the first place and then go into like how to cope with it because I feel like a lot of people either like take missing their eating disorder as like oh it's a sign it was good for me and it was working so I should relapse or like like me I know that I experienced I guess a lot of like guilt for missing my eating disorder especially when I was in treatment because again I think treatment kind of embraces this black and white take on recovery or at least my treatment center did where it's like you are either in your eating disorder or you're not and your eating disorder is bad and recovery is good and I understand the purpose that it had but like when I would find myself missing my eating disorder I would just feel really ashamed of that and not really open up about it to everybody and I did open up about it to my outpatient therapist like once I left treatment and she kind of told me that it was very normal because your eating disorder serves as a coping mechanism for something going on in your life is it a healthy coping mechanism no but it does the job it helps you cope that's why so many people like have eating disorders and have eating disorders for long amounts of times because it either like physically like numbs out the feeling because your brain is just so focused on food that you can't think of anything else or like you're literally so malnourished that you can't even have enough energy to feel or like it gives you something to feel accomplished a reason to feel perfect and good about yourself because a lot of people with eating disorders find that they're really good at engaging in their eating disorder and seeing the number on the scale go down or like seeing the little green like messages and like projected weight loss from calorie counting apps like that is all rewards to your brain that tell you oh this is working this is making me feel good about myself which I was actually listening to the Recovery Talk podcast the other day about, oh my god, what was it about? I completely forget what the episode was about, but the host, I believe her name is Amelie, she said something that really, really stuck with me. It was, don't confuse rewards with true happiness. Eating disorders only work in the short term because they are not true happiness. It's just rewards to make you feel better about yourself, to give you worth, to make you feel better than. Your brain feels rewarded by engaging in eating disorder behaviors. You get that hit of dopamine, but it's not true happiness. True happiness doesn't feel like a rush or like a high. True happiness feels calmer and more peaceful and just, I guess, like a, a feeling of serenity back to the point I was making that's kind of like why the eating disorder works it gives you a lot of rewards but you are not happy and you can see that evidenced by like increased levels of anxiety increased levels of depression isolation irritability etc 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 your genuine self does not like being in an eating disorder even if the reward center of your brain does so while it works to cope because it does give you those rewards long term you are not going to be happy and long term you're going to suffer and for some people an eating disorder long term means physical side effects that are or can be really severe and even mean death. So obviously, eating disorder is not good in the long term. But when you start to recover, 
you lose that coping mechanism that you had. And especially as you become more and more adequately nourished, typically the emotions you've been suppressing through like your body biologically, like not even having the energy to feel emotions, when your body gets that energy back and is able to feel emotions again, they can come on very strong. Kind of like extreme hunger in a way, except for like emotions. Like you haven't been feeling emotions for so long. It's kind of like a dam. You've like stopped up a dam and there's just like a huge reservoir of water. And then when you recover, you eat enough and you release the dam and all of those emotions that were pent up from your eating disorder come rushing in. Not to mention like you aren't used to feeling those emotions. So it can feel very overwhelming. And, you know, you're feeling all of these emotions that you haven't felt in a long time. And so, of course, your eating disorder brain is going to be like, recovery isn't working. This isn't working. I miss my eating disorder. I want to go back. Similarly with your body, because I know for some people, missing their eating disorder is very centered on their body. I think I always like to say that, like, eating disorders are a projection of, like, your self-worth onto your body. So, like... If your self-worth is low, you're going to hate your body more. If your self-worth is high, you're going to like your body more. So, like, when you're missing your eating disorder body, you're missing when you felt worthy. When the eating disorder was making you feel better than. Not to mention, there's also, like, a biological aspect of body image where, like, your brain is literally so malnourished that your actual, like, perception of your body is distorted so you often think you look way different than you are that's why body dysmorphia is a thing because you your brain like genuinely cannot perceive your body the same way your brain perceives other bodies there was a study done a long time ago i have no idea the specifics of the study i've just heard this in passing but basically what it was is they showed women with anorexia pictures of themselves and pictures of other women who had like similar like BMIs and like body compositions and in the pictures of themselves the reward centers of the brain lit up and in the pictures of the other women those centers those reward areas did not light up and the women described seeing themselves as like still ugly and they just they described the other women as like oh, these women look, like, sick and deranged, but they didn't see that in themselves. If that makes any sense, like, they were like, oh, I'm thin, but I could be thinner. And for the women who looked similar to them, they were like, oh, these women look like they need help. So, like, you literally can't perceive the way your body looks. You cannot perceive how malnourished you are. Not to mention, malnourishment can happen at any weight. And this perception of yourself, this part of the brain that's broken because of your malnourishment... It does not even begin to repair itself until you are fully weight restored. And that is tricky because as much as doctors try to guess where your weight should be, they genuinely have no idea. Like, your body knows where it wants to be better than any doctor. And they can help you get there and they can encourage you. But in the end, like, your body's going to end up where it wants to be. But you will see yourself in an almost weight restored body and your brain will still be broken and you will see yourself inaccurately or bigger than you are. And so that's kind of where most people end up relapsing um, and have the worst body image because they see this body 
that's almost theirs but not quite very very inaccurately and that pushes them to go back because then they remember oh my body looked like this I felt so in control I felt so perfect I felt so powerful but I know of several people who ended up being weight restored and then their body image improved after I experienced it myself after I was weight restored my body image improved I want to say like a couple months after but yeah that's kind of why you may be missing your eating disorder and then I think this is a good segue into like how to cope with missing your eating disorder because it's a really hard feeling I brought up earlier in the episode the concept of grieving your eating disorder and it really does feel like grief because like I said you had this coping mechanism that worked well it gave you all the rewards it needed to give you to make you feel good enough about yourself but it didn't give you happiness and in the long term it's really detrimental to your physical and mental health but you're still losing a coping mechanism and that's the hardest part so i think the biggest thing is holding that dialectic of like i'm allowed to miss my eating disorder and i can't go back and if you don't know dialectic is a term that is used in dialectical behavior therapy crazy dbt and it basically just means like two things can be true at the same time even if they don't seem like they can so like you may think oh i miss my eating disorder that means i have to go back that means recovery can't be good for me but in actuality you can miss your eating disorder and recovery can be good for you if that makes sense so accepting that dialectic and holding space for it is the first step to kind of coping with grief for your eating disorder and honestly continuing to push in recovery while also making space for that grief again which is a very dialectic way to look at it but I think that's something you have to do because you want to acknowledge the feeling and you want to validate it and you want to create space with it for it without relapsing as tempting as it may be so pushing forward in recovery is the only way to not relapse you know so some things I do to help kind of cope with that grief that aren't my eating disorder I definitely journaling about it talking to my therapist about it an exercise I did actually both in therapy and in a session with my dietitian is comparing the way I lived in my eating disorder to the way I live in recovery because I think that helps fact check and like put in put in perspective how just detrimental your eating disorder can be so I listed on the eating disorder side just like how focused I was in food and like how isolated I was and how irritable I was and then on the recovery side I listed like how much freedom I had gained and how much happiness I had gained and the connections I'd gained back with people amongst various other things i don't have like the paper on me or anything so i I actually don't know the specifics this was a while ago but doing an exercise similar to that i think would be helpful because like i said earlier your eating disorder does want to trick you into thinking that it is the only solution and it is the only coping mechanism and you have to you know fight back and be like no dude like living with my eating disorder sucked balls like I don't want to do that again, actually. My healthy self knows that, like, 
I cannot return to my eating disorder. And if it's really hard to envision being unhappy in your eating disorder, because I know sometimes my brain can kind of distort my eating disorder like that, then I would say staying out of treatment is probably a big motivator and like staying physically healthy. I know for me, like being able to live independently is a big motivator. So I guess, I don't know why I didn't say this before. I just kind of started listing motivators, but listing your motivators for recovery is healthy. So like I said, um, living independently, staying out of treatment, staying physically well are all things to motivate if you can't like envision yourself being happy in recovery yet, which can be difficult when you're feeling such big grief for your eating disorder. But again, if you return to your eating disorder, despite what it says, it's not going to be all control and power. A lot of it is going to come with those negative side effects that were there before, and for some people may even end them up in the hospital or in treatment, which at that point, you're not even in control of your life. Like your eating disorder is fully in control of your life when you're that far gone. And then when you do end up in like a hospital or in treatment, it's like doctors and nurses and a therapist who are in control of your life. Like it's still not you. And I don't know about y'all, but I love living my life. I love being in control. I love getting to do all of the things that I want to do that aren't dictated by my eating disorder. And then I think the the most long-term solution to, or not solution, but just way to cope with grieving your eating disorder is finding other coping mechanisms. Because like I said, when you recover from your eating disorder, you lose, for some people, a huge coping mechanism for the events going on in their life. And that hole won't go away unless you fill it with healthy coping mechanisms. So again, journaling, going for a walk if you're allowed. When I wasn't allowed for movement and I wanted to go on a walk, I would literally just like sit outside and like photosynthesize, reading, talking to your therapist, talking to friends. I'm trying to think of other good coping mechanisms that I use. Oh, deep breathing especially if you're in like a panicky moment because I know when I'm in a panicky moment and I'm feeling really strong urges sometimes man the only thing that helps is deep breathing and also in addition to finding new coping mechanisms doing the self work doing like the shadow work that comes with recovery because without the eating disorder to tell you no you're valid for this no you're worthy for this no this makes you perfect you have to learn that you are worthy just inherently and you are valid inherently and that you don't have to be perfect and you're allowed to have flaws you have to learn to accept yourself in the fullest form of yourself and you have to learn to you know feel your emotions and you have to learn to accept your worth and love yourself and like yourself which are all big things and i'm not like coping mechanisms and self-work are not like things that are going to change overnight which i think is another like, lie the eating disorder will tell you to come back, and it'll be like, oh, I can fix things overnight, which sometimes it does, because it is a short-term solution, but it's gonna fix things overnight, and then the rest of the, like, week is gonna be hell, or something like that, and even though long-term solutions take a long time to get to, ultimately, like, they are going to be what's best for you, but yeah, I promise the work is worth it, recovery is worth it. As difficult 
as it is to miss your eating disorder, it is not a sign to go back. And it's not abnormal. It's a thing a lot of people experience because eating disorders are how a lot of people have learned to survive. But you're wiser now. You know that you weren't really living with an eating disorder. You were just surviving. And now you're learning how to live. And living can be hard sometimes. Like genuine living, like really thriving can be difficult but as cheesy it is like you can't see the sunshine without rain like pain is an inevitable factor in life but suffering doesn't have to be and you're going to be suffering in your eating disorder no matter what so you may as well recover and learn how to live with the pain so that way you can experience all of the joy that comes with life i think i'm gonna leave it there i hope i touched on everything and delivered it in like a i guess helpful way but yeah, I will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.